35 degrees now in Appomattox, 37 in uh, Amherst, 38 in Roanoke and Salem, 36 in Danville in Bedford, and 35 in Lynchburg. So, got some serious stories to do. We do. Mm. Let me see. Oh, let me let me play this though. Okay, all right. Just to kind I of. I can wash out forty. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm hanging out on the line. I can starch and iron two dozen shirts before you can count from one to nine. I can scoop up a great big dipper full of lard from the drippings can. Throw it in the skillet, go out and do my shopping, be back before it melts in the pan. Cause I'm a I'll say it again. Yeah. And looking at Raquel Welch and Cher, you don't have to guess whether or not they are uh, women, especially in those Bob Mackie outfits that they're wearing. Uh, That's off the Cher show there. Uh, And, and yeah, good stuff. Maybe that's what Riley Gaines should have been singing on. uh, I don't know. They should have played that as she walked in. Right. And she, she is a beautiful lady, and she is a courageous. She is. She a is bold, as courageous as she is beautiful. She's a very bold, yeah, passionate person when it comes to defending the rights and protecting women. Mm-hmm. Then there's Ocasio Cortez, who she, is just an idiot. And just when I think she can't be an even bigger idiot, she proves me wrong. I think the A and AOC stands for art. Uh, uh, Arse. Arse, yeah. Uh, Squad member Ocasio-Cortez claimed that all underage women will face genital examinations if biological men are barred from women's sports. Now, how stupid is that? I mean, all of my children, Mm -hmm. first of all, to even go to school, had to show the birth certificate, which states very clearly what they are. And although I'm sure they'll change that now, um, so you have to have that. You have to have a sports physical. All right. you know, all that stuff has to be done. So for her to say that is just completely ignorant. She made this claim during the Tuesday Oversight Subcommittee on Health, mm-hmm. featuring Riley Gaines, who was uh, speaking. Uh, she said that there were several proposals looking to marginalize transgender Americans before claiming that women would have to have their pants checked. Now, what she was referring to was a, a pretty controversial um, provision that was in an Ohio state mm-hmm. that was removed like over a year ago. So she's doing what she does, which is just try to get stuff stirred up. Sure. Um, none of it true. None of it accurate, of course. Um, and then someone else, uh, her squad mate, Summer Lee, mm-hmm. called Gaines's testimony during the hearing, as well as the testimonies of other women leaders looking to restrict uh, women's sports to biological women, transphobic. Gaines shot back at Lee. Uh, she said, "There's this is Gaines. Quote, there's a place for everybody to play sports in this country. Yes. Noting transgender Americans were included in her view. But unsafe, unfair, and discriminatory practices must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And she concluded her opening remarks by saying, And to you, Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then yours makes you misogynistic. 
Wow. Good for her. Yeah. she. They're not going to rattle her. Nope. They, they think they can nope. rattle her, but they cannot. They cannot. You're right. So, um, yeah, but I, I think that wins the blue ribbon. <laughs> uh, that's even better than you just want to date me. <laughs> You're right. And I thought right. that was the most ignorant thing oh, she yeah, ever she, said. Yeah, sure. But to try to, that's almost threatening. Mm-hmm. It is threatening. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be able to look at your your kid and say, I don't believe you're a girl. Uh, um, let me check your pants. Mm. How stupid Well, if that, that doesn't get your motor going about trans stuff, maybe this will. It's a stunning that you were on this trip as a chaperone. Thank God you were there during the summer, but then in another room. So you were in the other room. What happened when you asked uh, for your 11-year-old daughter to move rooms? Now, her 11-year-old daughter has been placed with a biological male. Who is would, identifying as a woman. Y'all would be bailing me out of jail, I swear. This is mom's response. Well, thank you, Laura, for having us on and sharing our story. Um, as you said, we were my 11-year-old daughter and myself were on a cross-country trip to Philly and D.C. And on the first night of the trip, our daughter discovered that she was unknowingly assigned to share a bed with a boy who identifies as a girl. And I just want to point out that we love our principal, we love our school, we love our teachers, but what we don't love is this district policy that um, doesn't allow all students to feel comfortable and secure and protected, and it doesn't allow all parents to protect their children and guide them the best way they see fit. And that's what we felt we were lacking on this trip. And if you don't think for a minute this crap, and I want to use the S word, comes down from the federal government, you are mistaken. This is coming from the top. This is coming from Joe Biden. And how old are these kids? 11. 11. And you don't think an 11-year-old... I know what I was like as an 11-year-old boy. Right. Are you kidding me? Well, I know how my mark was. You know? 11 or 12, he's told me stories. Right. Um, Are you kidding me? There's a lot of curiosity going on, especially for boys, not so much for girls, I don't think. you You are potentially setting up a rape scenario that will change the life of both individuals, but especially the girl. That is so asinine. Well, for and a here's lot the of- thing. We don't have time to play it, but they told the mother, once she was able to separate her daughter, they told the mother and the daughter for the rest of the trip, do not say a word to anyone. We want to make sure everyone still is safe on this trip. Obviously, that wasn't your priority. No, or it wasn't. you wouldn't have put that, that child in that position. And let me just say this. When a kid's 11 years old, I mean, I remember... Bailey was uh, was part of a. She was selected as one of the students uh, to go into to Washington. These mm-hmm. were students from all over. Right. Her teacher had nominated her, and she went through this process, and and she ended up going to Washington D.C. and she met with children from all over the country, and mm-hmm. they learned about uh, politics, and they learned about how our country works, and they it was a marvelous experience mm-hmm. for her. But I was a nervous wreck because for her to be around you know other kids her age but she didn't really know them Mm -hmm. and she was very nervous about being uh, in in an environment like that can you imagine doing that now nowadays right you wouldn't know what she was going to be exposed to absolutely not and i'm going to make another prediction and this is how cynical i am people you you think you call me and janet rhino sometimes and i'm i want to come squeeze the the pimples on your forehead when you say that right um they don't I, they don't know us they don't, i am so cynical that i believe that these people there is going to be somebody that dies some yeah, mom not, or some dad well. is going to kill a parent or kill a child 
And you know what? The people in D.C. and in these high ivory towers, they don't give a crap. They're going to look at that as, yes, we just advanced our cause. Somebody dies and it's going to advance their cause and they're going to be sad initially, but they're going to be happy because they're going to be able to push the agenda even further. That's how cynical I am. Well, I don't I don't know that that's I I'm I don't sorry, know that that's true. I, I but they they know they're pushing people's buttons. They they do and and you're and you're you're right. It it could potentially happen if they walked in on a scenario where a child was being attacked or right. something. I could see where that that could possibly push somebody over the edge. Um but the the biggest problem that we have here is the mental health of these children right i mean this is something that's gonna we're gonna see the repercussions of this for decades decades and decades right i mean the world has already gone america certainly has already gone quite feral yes but it's it's only going to get worse right we've got a, a gallup study that is uh, finding a parent's political ideology plays a significant role in adolescent mental health. We'll talk about that when we come okay. back. And I'll calm down during the break. And Robin also says she has me covered with bail money. Thanks, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might need it. I keep a GoFundMe on standby just in case. With a side of common sense. You want answers? Then you found the right choice. It's the rebirth of Common Sense Talk Radio. We are the Morning Jam. Western Bay and it serves a hundred ships a day. Lonely sailors pass the time away and talk about the morning jam with Janet and Mark. There's a girl in this harbor town and she works laying whiskey down. They say brandy, fetch another round. She serves them whiskey I love and wine. that song. That's the one I busted out on the jukebox yeah, at the Stadium Inn. That's right. <laughs> I like so, went completely retro on him. So you and I were talking during that intro. Did you ever wonder what Brandy looked like? And did you ever wonder what the sailor looked like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have my composite. All right. All right. So I'm going to tell you what mine is. You tell me if, you, okay, if okay. this is what you see. I see him, uh, big man, right? Uh, dark curly hair, beard. That's how I see him. Yeah. Uh, I see her as a little petite girl, brunette, and very beautiful. Okay. I'm, I'm going to take it a, a step, a little bit. Because I picture them Spanish right. for some reason. Well, I don't know why. I, I, I'm going to use Hollywood actresses. Okay. I'm going to use Sandra Bullock as Brandy because Sandra is okay. the girl next door. She's 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 beautiful Sweet. in her own way. Yeah. Doesn't have to do a Not lot trashy. to make her look good. Right. And then he is like... I'm trying to think of a of a, a handsome fella actor. Uh, shoot, Gerard Be- Butler. Because he's got dark hair and he's got the beard, and but he's wearing one of those kind of sa- oh, yeah. sailor hats. That's right, and a pea coat. You know, so I'm trying to I'm trying to have that. So we're not too far apart. Yeah. Then I'll I'll figure out a guy guy to fit in here in a minute. Not Gerard. Well, no, I mean that would that would yeah. work too. He'd yeah. be he would be a good one. Yeah. So I'm going to show you a picture of another guy, though, okay. that might be. Okay. We'll do that during the break. Aqu- right. Aquaman? No, no. I don't like the new Aquaman commercials. Have you seen them? 
Uh uh-uh. uh. Man, it, they've gone really like dark. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just like nah. Yeah, he's uh he's a handsome fellow though. Yeah. A new Gallup study mm-hmm. is finding that a parent's political ideology right plays a significant role in adolescent mental health. Parenting styles uh, considered considered to be very conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, those adolescents are 16 to 17 percentage points more likely to be in good or excellent mental health compared to peers with very liberal parents. Only 55% of adolescents of liberal parents reported good or excellent mental health hmm. compared to 77% of those with conservative or very conservative parents. All right, I'm going to insert my opinion here. Okay. Because I think conservative parents show their young people typically the real world as they understand it i think liberal parents are more you know you're oppressed you're this you're that could be you weren't able to do this because of that you're a victim right right. it's not your fault mentality it's not your fault that that you're not as successful as maybe you could be here's a trophy and a tablet go in your room right exactly (laughs) (laughs) conservative parents are more likely to adopt an authoritative parenting style mm. and we just talked about this earlier in the week yeah how children need boundaries they, do. they need them they long for them it makes them feel safe mm-hmm. when they have them mm-hmm. um they have an authoritative parenting style characterized by both warmth and a high level of discipline gallup economist and study author explained that in an interview parents who set boundaries right. there we go yeah. establish routines mm-hmm. convey warmth and affection and enforce rules effectively report a less contentious relationship with their adolescent child than parents who do not do these things. And I will also go a step further to say that needs to be established before they're four. Yeah. Um, or you're going to have trouble. Sure. And this relationship is recognized by that child to be stronger and more loving. Mm-hmm. Each of the two factors related to parenting practices has a similar effect on the relationship as an index of adverse experiences related to parental drug abuse, death, or abandonment. Liberal parents, however, scored lowest in the survey primarily because they were least likely to report successfully disciplining their child. Teens' mental health outcomes were 8% percentage points lower when parents reported having difficulty disciplining their child. By contrast, conservative parents enjoyed higher quality relationships with their Mm. children, characterized by fewer arguments, more warmth, stronger bond, according to both parent and child reporting while 80 percent of very conservative parents said their child did not get in their way in an argument only 53 percent of liberal parents could say the same Mm. i did not get their way excuse me the most conservative parents were more likely to report showing affection to their children every day yeah interesting Uh, Also, parents who held positive beliefs about the institution of marriage, their own marriage, and a child's future marriage were significantly more likely to employ responsive, disciplined parenting practices compared to parents who held other views. The outcomes were seen regardless of race, ethnicity, household income, education, or the sex of the parent. There you go. Good stuff. Interesting. 866-916-3776. You're on the morning jam. Good morning. Hey, Mark and Janet. This is Dr. Herb. I just wanted to tie into that that article you just read. Thank you for Um, sending it to us, by the way. My pleasure. Hey, um, you know, adolescents, 
children, they really don't develop formal logical thinking until they're 17 to 18 years old. Right. So they're not really able they're not really able to engage in like abstract thinking thinking and appropriate reasoning from known principles. So that's why you have to have you know good strong guidance as that article says because these kids are just not able to to, to do abstract and, and really logical thinking. And that also ties into the whole issue about should these children be able to make serious life-changing uh, decisions at that time that's going to affect their whole life, like gender, you know, like gender transition, transitioning uh, methods. You know, so that, all kinds of, that all kind of ties in together. You know what I'm saying? I do. And uh, Dr. Harb, yeah. when, when my kids were, and, and we started this conversation when they were really young, um, right, talking right. to them about even little decisions that they made. Uh, whether it was right. an argument with a, a friend or, um, you know, a decision to hit someone or say something. or um, and, right. and I would say, when you make a decision like this, you've got to think about how is this going to affect me five minutes from now? How is it going to affect right. me five months from now? How yeah. is this going to affect me five years from now? Yeah. Because they, they exactly. needed to know that every choice they make has a ripple effect. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't exactly. just impact exactly. them. It impacts the right. people in their circle. Yeah. It's like dropping Absolutely. a pebble in a pond. Right, um, right. exactly. And, and, well, it's, it's critical thinking is what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's critical logical thinking, and, and children just don't have the ability to do that because their brains are not developed to do that until really until a teen, really. Right, right. One of the other things I used to say to them was when they would, say something hateful or they were what Chris texting that was the thing and I said would do you want this this what the part you're typing right now are you going to be okay if that's on the news tomorrow mm. scrolling across the screen right would you be proud of that um, my mother used to say would you like to see that on the front page of the newspaper right was what she used to say right. um Good way. Yep, that's the way to go. And absolutely. usually, it was the answer was no. <laughs> so, thank hey, you so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Doctor Harm. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, that was, and and also the conversation with the kids about, you know, sharing things mm-hmm. with friends. Right. You know, you have to make sure when you, you know, when you tell, talk to mom and dad, you are in a safe place. Mm-hmm. You can tell mom or dad anything. Right. But if you tell that to your friends, you you have to be okay with that being told to everybody. Everybody, right. Um, and that was a hard one to make them understand. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. They're, well, but they're my friend. But they're my best friend. Right. But they're, nah, nah. you got to be careful with that, especially yeah. girls. Jeez. You know? Well, it's not easy raising kids. And And, you know, to go back to the developmental aspect of things that that they're allowing children mm-hmm. and we had the story about the the school system in arizona we're teaching their kids they're teaching the students how to hide their transition from their parents which is just messed in up. my mind unlawful well it is and these kids have not developed obviously we just discussed that and you're asking them it's just to make dangerous changes to their body that there will be repercussions but for, for the rest them of their lives. to encourage that thought process in it, anything. What, you don't think that's going to translate to the law? If they break, they kill right. somebody? I've got. I learned how to hide it back in school. Yeah. I can hide this. 
I hated my gender. But just but just to I mean, hide anything from your parents, right. for them to not encourage communication, yeah. that is damaging to a child's mental health. Absolutely. It's not good. Absolutely. Um, when, and when we have schools doing that, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, did you see the story about the um, commercial plane that had to make a, an emergency landing? Maybe we can talk about that next half hour. Uh, no. Which, um, what is it? That, uh, that's it, a pretty look, looking plane. I've it, never seen one that color. Yeah, I wouldn't get on it because I've never heard of it. Oh, uh, Breeze so. Airways. No, thank you. Blowing through the breeze. We're going to shut the engines down. You know, if it's a, if it's an airline you've never while. heard of, is right. that really no, something that you want to get it. on? Did you hear that Alaska bought Hawaiian? Did we announce that? I'm trying I heard to remember. It. We, we had it that, in the news. That's yesterday. a pretty big merger of yeah. those two, you know. Yeah, so. It was. Uh, we'll talk about that. We also have five and nine coming up in the next half hour. CBS News coming up here, uh, and all your local and regional headlines. We've got them for you. It's like cold embracing the warmth. Alaska and buying Hawaiian Airlines. Mm. Well, there you go. It's Best a, of both worlds, it's maybe. A, it's a metaphor of sorts. Is okay, it? which was the last state? Was it Alaska or Hawaii? I'm trying I think to remember. It was, I think it was Hawaii. Was the last so the the 49th bought the 50th. Yeah. There's all kinds of analogies. Mm. Or if you're Sarah Palin and Tina Fey, you go, Yeah, Hawaii. I can see Alaska from my house. Hawaii. All right, Russia the... from my house. <laughs> Hawaii was the last. Yes, it's okay. Crimberley morning, guys. It is. The brain's a little bit everywhere. It's just going nuts. But it's okay. <laughs> it is wearing off. Currently 36 degrees in uh, Lynchburg, Bedford, Danville, 38 degrees in Roanoke and Salem, 36 in Amherst and Appomattox. Sorry. No, no, that was good. That was good. I, I'm just. <laughs> no, I'm, I, hey, I get what you're saying. People are just, people just are awful people. But anyway, it's okay. And, they're, and they get more awful the more, more <laughs> things they can do under disguise and uh-huh. social media. It's amazing to me how grown people mm-hmm. will create fake accounts right. and harass people. I mean, grown people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They they try to do it to me, but I know who you are. So, <laughs> delete. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. All right. Lots of headlines to go over uh, this morning. We mentioned this, but I think it it warrants mentioning again. Congratulations going out to Hoover. Yes, the the dog. Bedford County Sheriff's Office, Bloodhound Hoover and his handler, received the North American Police Work Dog Association hound test on November 30th. Right. They traveled to Florida to get the designated test. They're only one of 10 in the nation to receive the certification. Well done, Hoover. If Hoover knew that there was a ground beef <laughs> advertisement just below his picture. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, on the article, he would jump two frames to get to that. He would be pretty happy. I want to jump into the computer to get to that. I will tell you, he did so well mm-hmm. in his test. Hopefully, he got something really yeah, amazing for his he supper. No he's so doubt. He's so pretty mm. in his own bloodhound kind of way. <laughs> so, we talked about Carillion yesterday mm-hmm. and and their the the last beam on their their building that's part of the tower that has all kinds of things inside that building and congratulations to them ground was broken just yesterday uh, for construction for a new ER at Lewis Gale Hospital Montgomery Christiansburg area this will be Lewis Gale's newest freestanding emergency room providing same services as a regular emergency room housed within a hospital 
Christiansburg ER will be the third freestanding ER in Southwest Virginia, joining yes. Cave Springs and Blue Hills. So congratulations. Project uh, is expected to be completed in late 2024, which is pretty darn good. Yeah. I'd like to know who the construction company is because I've been involved with stuff like that in my in my past life. Mm-hmm. But uh, so good for them because the need is there and it's being met. With Christmas time coming quickly, you may be most likely to curl up with a good Christmas classic, but you don't have to do it on the small screen. Mm. Family-owned venue cinemas at the Plaza have brought back their traditional Christmas classic showings. And uh, they are bringing, well, it's the seventh year they've done this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're playing... it's a Wonderful Life. Oh, yeah. That's, that's popular gonna, this year. I know. Uh, 12-8 through 12-14. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is 12-15 through 12-21. And Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey is mm. the 22nd through the 28th. And uh, every two weeks, a different classic will be shown. And if the movie performs well, they'll keep it on. Okay. Awesome. Right now, uh, we'll... Farrell's classic Elf is still playing <laughs> because wow. it was so readily received on the big screen. Yeah. And uh, they've been known to do this for other holidays as well, including Halloween and Valentine's Day. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I that like that. Is, that is neat. I remember when we were kids, we would go to the midnight matinees and they would play things like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre right. and Psycho <laughs> and things like that. And that was, and then I'd have to drive home with the car light on. Right. Because I was too scared to drive <laughs> home by myself. Back seat. I know. Well, Jeez. it was an LTD. The back oh, seats my were gosh. big. That, that's like you could put a trailer in there. I, I know. You could fit, like, you know, the guy from, you could fit Norman Bates and the guy from Texas Chainsaw Massacre back there. With no problem. I know. See, I had to leave the light on because yeah. that would be in mom's car and <laughs> it would scare me. <laughs> so. Well, I got a text from a friend saying, Lynchburg needs a new ER. Well, we're working on it. Slow but sure. Yeah, I I, I will tell you. I this. mean, they've got the the plans are made. And, yeah, yeah, and they're and they and they cleared this one parking lot and took down a building, and now that parking lot is available because they have to create parking before they can start on the ER. And I and I know a little bit about this because my wife works with the hospital. Right, um, is the the new ER is going to consume a bunch of parking spaces in the current area of the where the er is right now and it's going to take what they're calling the doctors uh, parking right now so they have to make new parking lots in other places where the red cross thing used to be it may still be there but uh, there's this whole section near right across the street from the main entrance to the lynchburg general all those buildings those old tan buildings that have been there probably since the 50s and 60s they're all getting leveled and there's going to be parking over there as well so they have to create the parking before they can start the emergency room. So I'm thinking 2025 before we see the new emergency room, probably mid-late 2025. And they're, you know, getting the parking and all that stuff yeah. under control get, 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 as well. Getting it under control. It's not, there's not a lot of parking. Well, they park on both sides of the roads and every everything. It gets yeah. a little messy over well, there. Well, it is here. an emergency room. True. After, but after the, all, the eight, you don't have time to, like, circle around but so much for a well, parking spot. You know, and define emergency when you're at the Lynchburg. Uh, Are you willing to wait eight hours? If I go to the ER, it's a genuine emergency. Right. But the last time I went, Mm -hmm. it was, and and, but I will say my last experience was with Bryce and, and it was a genuine 
emergency right. and they bumped him right on through right there because yeah, they if could it's see. cardiac related or something you go to the top of the list well it well his or, uh, breathing was restricted right, right, right because his tonsils were kissing right basically sure so um, no kissing but there's a lot of people who go to the er for a hangnail yeah i mean true it's just crazy yeah yeah, you I can't, don't. you can't, you can't do that. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. If you want a hangnail, go over to Taylor Brothers. They'll give you a nail puller. Have you, you ever? <laughs> what? They'll give you a nail puller. It's in the hardware section of the store for actual nails. No, I yeah, and, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, you have you ever nails, left? I I had a bad cut on on my thumb. I mean, it it had like eight or ten uh, stitches. Oh, wow. That it needed, and I was in there for so long, not to get graphic. That I didn't even think they were going to be able to close it up. Oh wow! Yeah, that's and uh, and finally I was like, I may as well just go home. I mean, it, yeah. but there were people in there for like nothing, right? And then you, there were some in there that you knew. Even I knew. I wasn't a medical professional. Even I knew they were faking to try to get painkillers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, and I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm not even a medical professional, and I know this is and depending on poor what acting time of the year, a lot of people going in because they have a bad cold. Go to the you know dock in a box right. they call them. Go there first. Your chances of getting seen are a lot easier. Are going to be quicker, quicker. Yeah. for sure. That's for sure. It's seven forty-two. It's time for Janet's five and dine on the morning jam. Give her five minutes, and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and dine is brought to you by our friends at uh, F&L Market. They're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. Don't forget, tomorrow is Throwback Thursday, and you're going to be able to save big time on a lot of things. North Carolina sweet potatoes, 39 cents a pound. Mm. Russet potatoes, 10-pound bag, three ninety-nine. Try to beat that. And uh, Black Angus tenderloins, thirteen ninety-eight a pound, and they are sliced for free. Also, chitlins oh okay i can't do chitlins i i, I can't but uh 19.99 for a five pound bag if that's your jam you go right ahead i can't even spell it I'll, 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 it they're very popular teas in it but very popular mm. well it's because it looks like it's chitterlings <laughs> okay if you have to spell it right 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 you just go by that uh today's recipe is going to be featuring fnl markets in-house made sausage which is it, amazing it is i can testify we that's what we use yeah. we you and i usually get the hot version yeah we do but they have a mild version okay as well for those of you who can't have pork i know right <laughs> for those of you who can have pork um this can also be made with a chicken sausage if uh, you prefer this is a, a recipe for we always called them sausage stars my mother loved these okay. uh, it's great for this time of year because it makes a great appetizer it's also fantastic if you need uh, like a little brunch a little bite-sized brunch thing i keep the filling in my fridge mm-hmm. so i can just make them up really really quickly uh, you're going to need some wonton wrappers and then you're going to make a, a filling that's going to go inside that so a 16 ounce package of fnl breakfast sausage and you're going to add to that a cup of shredded cheddar Uh, some shredded pepper jack cheese, and two-thirds of a cup of ranch dressing. Then you're going to put in a fourth of a cup of roasted red peppers diced fine, 
and you'll take that mix it all up set it aside then take a mini muffin pan and you're going to spray your mini muffin tin uh, and you're going to take those wonton wrappers and tuck them into that tin and then fill them with the sausage mixture and bake them in a 350 oven it only takes about five minutes to get them all uh all warmed up okay so um it's really super delicious it's great to have for uh if you're taking something to a party or like i say it's great for brunch as well they'll show up a lot of times on the christmas morning table because they're pretty easy to put together if you want to see this recipe just go to facebook type in janet's five and dine join that group and you can see all the recipes that we share brought to you by ethanol market memorial avenue lynchburg where their meats are cut above i have a question for you okay do you the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Tin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. This song is as old as I am. Well, 65 years old. Yeah, it's it's just been a short 65 years uh, since it's released. It finally hits number one. <laughs> you know, never think it's too late, brother. She's she's been gone for a while, right? Yeah. Lee? Yeah. Dang. I think so. So what do you do when you reach number one and you're and you're already gone? I'm so happy that Mariah Carey got beat. I can't. <laughs> that's all I care about. Is that stupid? All I want for Christmas is you is not number one. Brenda Lee. <laughs> yes. Uh, she has steadily come in at like number two for a while. Okay. Now, that's what we sang in the Christmas parade. Quest- question. Yeah? How much of this success is attributed to Home Alone? Um, I mean, it's helped it. Let's put it well, that way. Well, absolutely. It's kept it in our brain more so. Yeah, you could just see the little mannequins <laughs> right. moving. That's like my favorite scene with Michael Jordan dancing right. and everything. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Actually, Brenda Lee, I think she's still alive. Is she really? She's 78. Here we go. You will get so she gets to enjoy this. Sentimental feeling. I wonder if she gets some kind of an award. We forget how young she was when she did this. Very, very young, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because she's 78 now. Yeah, so she was a teenager. And it's been around for 65 years. I'm so happy for yeah. her. I think that's pretty great. All right. Um, it has, it, it's been 65 years, and now uh, she's number one. Big finish. Yes. Congratulations, Brenda Lee. It was worth the wait. Hitting number one at the age of 78. Wow. Congratulations to you. Yeah. So, speaking of Christmas trees, mm-hmm. which is more sustainable, a real tree or a fake tree? What do you think? Hmm. Define the word sustainable. <laughs> I don't even know that we can anymore. I, we well, can't they, even define what a freaking woman is. How are we going <laughs> to define sustainable? The only reason I say that is because you can use recycled milk cartons with green dye and make a Christmas tree. So, you know, it's it's repurposing something that was once used. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Okay. A forestry scientist explains how to choose the most sustainable Christmas tree, no matter what it's made of. Okay. Every year... 
Americans buy somewhere between 35 million and 50 million Christmas trees. Wow. And many more pull an artificial tree out of storage for the season. Mm-hmm. In all, about three quarters of U.S. households typically have some type of Christmas tree. Some of us has more than one. Some of us have dozens. You, you know, you know who you are. <laughs> I know who I am. Uh, people who often ask what's more sustainable, a real tree or an artificial one, and for some, it's a big debate. Mm-hmm. The more useful option is how do I find the most sustainable tree of the kind that I want to get. Right. So this forestry professor who works on issues of sustainability says that there are advantages and disadvantages to both cut trees and artificial trees. Okay. Says if you're buying a live tree, uh, when Christmas trees are alive and growing, they pull carbon dioxide from the air and use it as the building blocks of their wood. Well, that keeps the greenhouse gas out of the atmosphere. That's a good point. It is. and But that's stopped once the tree is harvested, mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. uh, and the tree begins to decompose then it starts releasing uh, carbon again on the positive side the tree's root systems continue to store carbon for some time and new trees are planted to continue the cycle Uh, how do you get the most sustainable live tree if you live in say mississippi that chances are your tree's going to come from the pacific northwest which is a long drive sure burns a lot of fuel it does Uh, however in a truck with several hundred trees, each individual's tree's transportation emissions are pretty minor. Okay, fair enough. The most common Christmas tree varies by region. Douglas fir, the most common throughout the Mountain West, Scotch Be- pine and balsam, mm-hmm. are grown in the Great Lakes states. Fraser fir, also popular, but uh, dominant in North Carolina. Uh, Leland cypress and Virginia pine are most common in the southeast. Do you remember when... The little pine trees that just look like little fat balls. Do you remember when yeah. those were popular? Yeah. I hated those trees. Yeah. <laughs> I hated them. I don't know what it was about them. I just didn't like just it. not a fan, huh? Mm-mm. Mm. No. It says, look for local nurseries uh, that protect their soils from erosion and minimize harm to surface and groundwater from runoff. Okay. Uh, disposing of your live tree. says a lot of it has a lot to do with how you get rid of your of your tree. Recycling is far better than leaving the wood to decompose in a landfill because of the nature of most landfills. Um, Look for community or retailers that offer to chip the tree Mm -hmm. or shred it to create mulch. Composting is another option Mm -hmm. to consider. Now, when it comes to artificial trees, they also have advantages. They can last for years and years. Most are uh, meant to last like 35 years or more. Yeah. However... They are petroleum-based, mm-hmm. as many products are. And when you throw it out, it could take hundreds of years to decompose. Uh, still, a lot of people go with the artificial trees. Like, I do have multiple trees, as mm-hmm. you have pointed out. Right. Most of those were secondhand. I didn't buy those new. Mm-hmm. So they were already, you know, kind of out there. Right. Um, now, not all, but, but Car- a lot of Some of, of the are. carbon footprint on some of Janet's trees were realized in the 60s and 70s let me just tell you that so it's we're way beyond the shelf life of i I do go a little impacting the environment (laughs) so give her some give her a break give me a little bit of break that's right uh says uh to lengthen the lifespan take care when you're storing them if your tree gets damaged see if you can find replacement parts rather than replacing the entire tree now here's the thing a lot of the trees have the pre pre lights on them right and I know it's a, a pain to like clip those lights off and put other lights on there, yeah. but it is 
you know, please consider doing that rather than going and buying a new one. Now, mm-hmm. when I did it the last time, it's because I really liked the shape of the tree right. that I had. So I didn't want to try to have to find that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does matter how you store them. Do uh, you, you bag them? Oh, yes. You got the big bags? Yes. Yeah. It's worth the investment, isn't it, for the big oh, bags? Oh, 100%. Because we need to buy some big bags. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. Uh, I will say I have one tree that is so very large, mm-hmm. it takes up the entire bag. Oh, really? But I only okay. have one of those. In the other bag, I can get two. I can get oh, two okay. in those. Wow. So that's, that's not, pretty good. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so you can do that. Also, you can give uh, the fake tree a second life. Uh, if you no longer like your artificial tree, maybe it's too big for your new home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can try reselling or donating um, th- uh, charities, thrift stores, uh, nursing homes sometimes, or nonprofits. Okay. They are looking for you know yeah, ways sure. to decorate. That's a good way to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, lighting also matters. Be judicious about turning off lights when no one is around. Consider fewer lights. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you can Jeez. see my home from the space shuttle, and I don't well, care. <laughs> speaking of that, I was watching parts of Deck the Halls mm-hmm. with um, Danny DeVito and what's his name? Okay. Sarah Jessica Parker's husband. What's his name? Like Matt, Matt uh, something or another from War Games and that kind of thing. Anyways, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, he gets, he gets insane. Danny DeVito does. Yeah. He, oh, he literally wants to be seen from the show. I keep all my lights on all the time, but yeah. I do keep a lot of them on. So basically, the end topic here is in the great scheme of things, with people traveling and buying and returning gifts and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the carbon footprint of your Christmas tree is probably of much less concern, yeah. uh, is what they're saying. But he says both can be fairly sustainable. It just depends on you know how you're, how you're using them and utilizing them, and right. then get rid of, getting rid of them if mm-hmm. you're doing a live tree. I just don't do live trees anymore. Matthew Broderick, for those of you yelling at your phone, I found it in my brain, and I didn't even look it up. <laughs> so, so there. there. <laughs> Next hour. Hey, that is a victory. I know. You have to take your victories, even though they're you gotta small. you got to take them where you can get them. <laughs> I mean, look at Brenda Lee. I know. She's taking a victory lap. At 78. Good for I her. I love it. Good for her. Coming up next hour, we will have more of your headlines that you need to know to, to get through this Wednesday. And I have another Christmas tree story that we don't have time to get oh, to. Oh, okay. Um, or do we? Well, we got about a minute. So a Texas woman mm-hmm. found a little something special in her Christmas tree. Um, It, it was a possum. No. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Since she doesn't know how the animal got into her home, she didn't have any doors left open. She said she heard noises after arriving home from work, thought they were coming from one of her three dogs or her cat. She eventually got up to investigate the sound, saw a long rat tail sticking out from her tree. (laughs) She donned rubber gloves, tried to get the animal out. Let me tell you, possums are mean. Oh, I I wouldn't want to deal with them. Uh, He evidently clinging tightly to the branch. Uh, she got him out of the tree, but it broke from her grasp and fled under the couch. Wow. <laughs> she had to tackle him like an NFL football player. <laughs> oh, Lordy. She said that he wasn't mean or aggressive, just skittish. So well, there you go. Yeah, well, I can't imagine, you know. As an animal lover, I probably would have kept it if it didn't smell so bad. She's <laughs> wow. What'd you get for Christmas this year? Possum. <laughs> I know friends who would be okay with that. <laughs> I have a if it was a raccoon, story. I'd be okay with Not it. Not for sure. <laughs>